This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Hey, I'm Baratunde Thurston, and this is How to Citizen with Baratunde. In season two, we're talking about the money. Because to be real, it's hard to citizen when we can barely pay the bills. All right, this is the moment we've been waiting for. Approaching uh, York Boulevard at the intersection with North Avenue 50. I'm looking across Cafe de Leche. Haven't been there in a minute. I remember back when the pandemic was getting started and I was taking my regular freedom walks, these walks that got me out of my house, winding through my neighborhood. Johnny's became my favorite, like, neighborhood dive bar. I met mad locals there, uh, but it's shut. I could feel that, like, Cheers vibe in there where you could become a regular, everybody could know your name. And that just doesn't exist. And I was struck by a big change in the landscape. 
Uh, I've met friends there back when you could do that. Businesses were closed. Walking east along a couple of absolutely shuttered and abandoned storefronts here on the north side. It felt like a ghost town. And I live near enough to a major thoroughfare, York Boulevard, which I am used to having this hustle, this bustle, this color, and this life. And that was gone. My favorite bar, Johnny's, closed. And I understood why. So many of them had to be. It was a public health safety measure. But over a year later, a lot of those businesses, they couldn't hold out any longer. In fact, I just learned that somewhere around 15,000 businesses in L.A. County alone have permanently shut since the beginning of the pandemic. Well, the fallout tonight, a new study finds that 7 million small businesses across the country may not survive the economic crunch caused by the pandemic. People are afraid to come. Some people don't care about cutting their hair anymore. Sales are down a whopping 90%. The worst part is not knowing what to expect tomorrow. How much worse is it going to get? And we all know the other side of that story. We were ordering so much stuff online. I'm talking toilet paper, sweatpants, weighted blankets, and ring lights. Oh my goodness, if you were able to successfully order a ring light off the internet in the first few months of the pandemic, you were super blessed. And while we were doing all that ordering, we were padding the pockets of rich corporations and leaving behind small local businesses to fend for themselves. Last week, we learned how a giant company like Amazon gathers up all this power and the effect that that has on our democracy. But Amazon is not the entire story. Yes, it's true, some businesses couldn't hold on and they're gone. But others, they're still kicking. They're fighting to stay alive. Because when COVID hit, communities showed up. They citizened, they participated, they supported those local businesses. Ooh, here we go. Kells! What's up, man? So why is this blue then? Because it's a uh, blue PT, matcha tea. Oh. And some husband lavender in there. And then... You should call this the Smurf Latte. Ah. Oh. We got Silver Lake Ramen, AKA Ramen of York. They're still hanging in there. And then Rosy Bunny Bean, which is such an attractive looking pet food shop. I thought it was a people food shop. And then we got, uh, just the saving grace, Barache Azteca. And they look like they've adapted so well. We got Mario's Liquor. Mario did a major upgrade. And he's looking like he's doing great. So I hope that's true, but very new sign. Pristine. Mario's trying to keep up with the times. How you doing, sir? In What's fact, there? what inspired this episode was my wife reading an email. An email that featured Maya Komarov, who started this business called Shop in NYC. Now, during the height of COVID in New York City, Shop in NYC created this online network of local businesses offering same-day delivery, competing directly with Amazon. They even had this super catchy campaign. Get this. Brooklyn, not Bezos. Oh, I love that. And Shop in NYC is actually how I met my guest today. Because while people like Maya were showing up for her local community, those local businesses, well, they showed up right back helping their neighbors survive these unprecedented times. Marie Estrada is the co-founder and co-owner of Moto Spirits, a rice whiskey distillery in the Bushwick neighborhood of Brooklyn, New York. Beyond making delicious libations, in the spring of 2020, at the height of COVID, 
Marie was there for New York when New York needed her most. So hi, Marie. Nice to meet you. Hi. Oh, it's nice to meet you too. Well, thank you for for taking some time to speak with us. Can you just, for our purposes, introduce yourself and your business? My name's Marie. Actually, my full name is Marie Eleanor Agustine Estrada. Thank my parents for that. Um, I was actually born in the Philippines, so I'm an immigrant, uh, naturalized, and uh, came here to New York, went to Columbia University, studied English and anthropology, and then now I'm making whiskey at Moto Spirits, right across the street from a police precinct, actually. And are they frequent visitors? They are, <laughs> in a nice way. You know, they come by once in a while and they're just like, oh, you know, I think we need your air compressor. Help us with your tires that are, you know, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, come on in, you know. <laughs> and so, um, but yeah. Okay, so it sounds like you should be on the payroll of the NYPD, but that's like a different <laughs> yeah. conversation. You're the auto body shop and distillery. Um, and then what's what's your role in Moto? I'm co-founder. And so my my business partner, Hagai um, Yardeni, he and I run Moto Spirits together. And we're actually called Moto Spirits because we ride motorcycles. Don't listen to that, mom. And <laughs> everything we make is inspired by motorcycle trips through different countries. Well, okay. Tell me something about yourself that, uh, that might surprise people that's not in your official bio. Well, I have my pilot's license. I've um, been flying since I was 14, and I flew sailplanes with my stepfather. And then I got my regular pilot's license back in 2007. So I think some people are surprised that I, I do that. Um, they don't often see someone who looks like me <laughs> flying Cessnas. Owning a distillery, <laughs> flying planes, breaking all kinds of molds, Marie. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm proud of that, actually, you know. Like, you should be. You should be. Do you remember the moment you decided to open a distillery? So I have to bring in my, my business partner, and he and I live in the same apartment building in Williamsburg. We would have these amazing um, rooftop party barbecues and all kinds of things, and Whenever there came a project, he would come to me um, because I have certain skill sets that I wouldn't say are, well, no, they are on the, the other end of the spectrum as Haggai. And so- You, you sound know. like Liam Neeson. You have a particular <laughs> set of skills. <laughs> what, what kind of skills are we talking? Well, I, I actually, you know, I don't smoke like a chimney. I don't, all this stuff. So I have a palate. He likes to kind of bust doors down. I like to still bust doors down, but, you know, then clean them up and make them organized and actually execute things that are ideas. That That's how we operate together. And so when he first went on the first motorcycle trip to Vietnam, he came back and he said, oh my God, Marie, or he calls me, wee wee, I have this thing. It's amazing. And so he had me taste these plastic bottles filled with clear things. My first reaction was, oh my God, this is terrible. It was just did not taste good at all. And I have no reservations about saying my opinion about the way things taste. And he said, oh, okay. And I said, I think you're colored by your experience there in Vietnam because he had described falling in love with the people, just discovering these people making moonshine, basically, even though it was called rice wine. And he said, I, I, I want to find this. And 
his impatience was like, I can't find it. And so this was the two of us then realizing that, you know, we, we can find it, but not really. Um, and so that's kind of how it started. Some explosions a little bit and home experimenting. Wait, I'm sorry. Explosions. Tell me more. Expl- <laughs> from um, So inside uh, what happened was we were trying to experiment with how to actually make this drink ourselves so that it was palatable. And all of this is, I, I, I guess, the history of what happens, you know, with legitimate distillers. They uh-huh. tend to do things under the radar first, and then they they do things legitimately and avoid those kinds of pressure cooker explosions, things like that. And the ruining of someone's girlfriend's, you know, Jimmy Choo's and sneakers and things like that when that happens. This is a very adventurous start. What are you making in your distillery? What are you distilling? We're making two things, but the whiskey we're making made from 100% rice. And it turns out that officially the designation is a whiskey if you're using 100% grain and then aging them in barrel. And then we produce also um, what's called jabuka. And jabuka means apple in Croatian. So what year did you found Moto Spirits? So whenever someone asks me the question, I have to answer legally. We started in 2016. Yeah. So. But but you destroyed Jimmy Choo's and a pressure cooker well before that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, one of the things about what we were doing, and we went into this very practically, was that we don't know what we're doing. The the thing I think with both Hagai and me is that we're not we're not the most normal of distillers. My stereotypical view is a you know, bearded white man with sometimes glasses or not, but I am not that. And Hagai is not that. What what does it mean for for you to not be seen as normal? I wouldn't say I'm proud of it. It's not like I walk around saying I'm, you know, but I have said this before. I'm a little brown person who's from the Philippines and I make whiskey, you know, Um, but I am without actually saying it. And I don't mind representing something that's um, limited. I'm limited in this world. After the break, COVID hits New York City, and Marie has to figure out how to keep her business, her community, and herself alive. Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. 
It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries. Well, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claim for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors, so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. Can you tell me um, what was it like when COVID first came to your community, you know, as a business owner? When COVID first hit, I think it was even March 12th. You know, I put it on my calendar or something like that when it became officially a pandemic. It took a little while for it to register that it was an actual pandemic. Today, Governor Cuomo announcing starting tomorrow at 5 p.m., a ban on any gatherings of 500 people or more. Tonight, in a stunning policy reversal, New York City joining California in urging the general public to wear non-medical face coverings to stop the virus. The Trump administration has declared New York a major disaster. The state accounts for nearly half of the nation's reported cases of COVID-19. We are literally scouring the globe looking for medical supplies. We're becoming crushed under a tidal wave of unfathomable numbers. I even got COVID um, and I lost all sense of smell and taste um, for a month. And I was telling my business partner too at the time, I said, you know, I just, I don't know what's wrong with me. And this was before 
we recognized that one of the main symptoms of getting COVID was losing your sense of smell and taste. And I said this to him, I said, I don't know what's wrong with me. And then when all of this information started coming, he said, oh my gosh, you had COVID. And so it wasn't, you know, so we did. Coronavirus driving a consumer scramble for hand sanitizers. This is attorneys general in several states cracking down on price gougers. Last week, a 12-ounce bottle of hand sanitizer was selling on Amazon for $50. Comparing ounce for ounce, that's about 200 times more than the price of gasoline. When COVID hit, what we started researching and hearing about was that you could make sanitizer, right? We have the equipment and the ability to produce alcohol in the same way that's produced in sanitizer. And then what happened was one of my workers, she had a friend who was working alongside New York City Makes PPE. And so they said, can you make sanitizer? And we will help deliver the bottles of sanitizer if you just keep producing it. So we we actually pivoted our business. We started using our mixtures of experimental Concord grapes and rice and Jabuca tails and redistilling them and produced our first sanitizer. So the large part of our business and my day-to-day was literally, okay, I have to batch cocktails, put them in containers. How do I put a label on sanitizer? And is this legal? Okay, we're, we're just going to do it because no one has sanitizer right now and we can make it. And it wasn't a money-making strategy or anything. It was all of these hospitals. And we, we were just seeing this lack of anything. And that's, that's what our 2020 was like. I mean, that's what we were doing, bottled cocktails and sanitizer. And making sure not to swap those labels. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. What was it like to change your production so quickly? It wasn't too, too much of a change, actually, because mm. I, I think that's how we were lucky. We're not a huge production. And so any changes we make tend to start with experiments. It was ideal, in fact, because we could just produce it in a way that no one else could. And we, we made videos, actually. So we even taught people how to make their own sanitizer. We told people that they could even go to their liquor store as quickly as possible and get some, you know, X, Y, Z, some Everclear, whatever it was that they could get their hands on and use that. And then we showed them how using certain ingredients um, based on WHO's recommendations. And some people were like, oh, my God, I did it. You know, I said, don't drink it. (laughs) (laughs) As a business owner yourself, how do you justify all of these activities which were not prioritizing any kind of bottom line, it sounds like. It was a human reaction, I think. I thought to myself, wow, I'm in a rarefied position right now. I never thought, I, I never woke up in the morning thinking, I, oh, mom, I'm making hand sanitizer. You know, it was never a cool thing. But you think about all these people who potentially are dying and you don't know what's going on. You just, you sit there and you say to yourself, okay, the world is in a pandemic. Everything that's happening now has no code written or, or anything like that. And so anything that we do now to even make a small difference will be a big difference probably. But at the same time, there is a practical side. I don't want to paint us as, you know, oh, they're, you know, these ridiculously generous people. I think we are. But at the same time, we were thinking practically and we said, well, if we can't sell our booze right now, at some point we'll be able to somehow balance out the fact that we can't sell anything else by somehow maybe just keeping ourselves afloat. And maybe this will happen. 
we were giving away sanitizer and we were also getting donations from people. So we said, okay, if, if you guys donate to us, then we can keep producing and then we can keep giving our sanitizer to folks. And that's what happened. A lot of yeah. people were incredibly generous and they said, wow, we love what you're doing and here, you know, and if, if we couldn't fulfill a particular order, then we were passing it on to someone else. And so there was a sense of it just has to happen and someone would take it on. What did you call your hand sanitizer? We call it Don't Be an Asshole. And it's because that's actually written on our label and it's always used protection. So it, we thought it was kind of a joke, you know, that people, once they could you know, always use protection, don't yeah. be an asshole. So that's our sanitizer. Did it change or highlight your own connection and your business's connection to your actual local community? Quite a few people who, I, I think it, I started realizing that people did love us in a way, which is um, something I didn't really recognize. Everyone was reaching back out to us. The relationships that we had initially fostered with random things like motorcycles and dogs, and they just came, you know, everyone just said, okay, well, we're going to do this. Or bartenders came and we did this bartending event once as competition. And they, they reached out and they said, hey, how about if we do... Um, you know, a special cocktail thing for you online. And then we can, you know, give that money to a certain organization. And so that's, that's how we've been doing things now. Yeah. How, how would you define community? I think for me, community is a healthy dependence on each other. I'm really lucky because I, I, I have a strong sense of family and I'm, my sisters are my best friends and my family's always been very close. But beyond that, I start thinking about all the things that I have to do or want to do. And I start reaching out to the people who are not necessarily always aligned with who I am, but who can, we can help each other. And it's that sort of bond that means you're part of a community. I, I don't, when I think of community, I never think negatively, which is maybe um, naive of me, but I don't see it as a crowd, right? That's the opposite for me. It's like there's power in crowds, but it's a louder thing, whereas yeah. a community is you, you're in it. The businesses who I support, they often are my friends. One of my um, friends owns this um, really amazing spot, and he's Pakistani, and it's called BK Jani. But what happened with him after COVID was, and he went, he was hospitalized. He brought in program of feeding underserved people. And so now since June, he's, I think, going to hit 10,000 free meals. So this, to me, I started thinking about this. And every time I order food, it's often there because I know exactly what he's doing. So that that's what the community is, I think, for me. When we come back, how Marie balances values with necessity when it comes to that company that shall not be named. Okay, I'm going to name it. It's Amazon. That's, that's the company. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. 
Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries. Well, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claim for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors, so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. When I think of Amazon, I don't think of community. I think of it definitely as a huge conglomerate, as a business. And that's the difference, I think. But when I'm in this business and I have to get something delivered in a certain amount of time, unfortunately for me, I end up often having to get something from Amazon because I need it in a certain amount of time with as little hassle as possible. 
why do you why do you say unfortunately you have to order from Amazon? You're trying to avoid ordering through Amazon. What is what is that about? I, I wish it were a different world where Amazon wasn't almost overtaking so much. There's an intention with small businesses. That's why they're called mom and pop shops. You know, it's like, oh, there's a sense of community. Whereas I don't think Amazon has a sense of community except for a bottom line. Like, okay, we will attach ourselves to an initiative. We will start promoting certain businesses, like Black-owned businesses, Asian businesses, all kinds of things. But it's not, the intention is not because they necessarily care, but they want to profit off of these communities. It gives me a terrible taste in my mouth. And I know they employ a lot of people. And look, I, I know this. And even some of the people I had brought in for certain events and things had on the side been working at Amazon because they needed to make money. But goodness, couldn't we have alternatives? Yeah. It, from, a, from a customer perspective, when I'm a customer of so many businesses and I have felt that hesitation that distaste in my mouth, I guess I'll go to Amazon. What do you think a small business can offer a customer that a larger resource business like Amazon can't? This is something, if you do want someone to do something for you that you want to help them with or you bounce ideas off of, and that's what happens often when I am working with motorcycle businesses, other food businesses in the area who are in Brooklyn, any chefs or, you know, any, yeah. anyone like that, then we create events. We do things together. Even a hairstylist, we did this event called Moto Oasis because, you know, we wanted to serve our community and have people outside safely get back massages and haircuts, you know, and eat really yummy Filipino food. I mean, it was, <laughs> so you can't yeah. do that with Amazon. Yeah, there's a word that's occurring to me, which is relationships. Mm. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know that I feel like I have a relationship with Amazon. I have a, I have a series of transactions. Exactly. Very efficient transactions, but I don't know them. Right. So, in the context of everything we've talked about, in particular, the community connection that a business can have with other businesses and with the public, is there anything you'd encourage a listener to do? I think one of the things that I always remind myself to do, to kind of slow things down, um, uh, not rush entirely, and to be okay with making those mistakes. I don't think I would have my business if we didn't have all those problems and those mistakes. And if we slow things down, um, forgive ourselves a little bit for these mistakes and think about also doing things outside of our comfort zone so that we can actually allow ourselves to make those mistakes. I think all of those come together for me and that's what I would recommend. Slowing things down, making some mistakes, forgiving yourself. Wow. That was not what I expected at all. I thought you were going to be like, shop small business Saturdays, <laughs> but no, you went <laughs> to the deep end of the pool. <laughs> No, I mean, I wouldn't have my business if it wasn't for all the mistakes we made, you know? Yeah. And I just, I think people are so scared to fail. And you're not learning if you don't fail, honestly. And in the context of the value you've been a part of, contributed to, and, and benefited from in your community as a business, is there any advice you have to us citizen consumers out here? Ways you'd like to see us showing up? more or better? Oh, for sure. So I think 
something that would be really amazing to take a look at what you're actually purchasing and how much time and money you're spending on your online purchases, whether it's Amazon or not, your online purchases and the purchases and the things you're doing with your money that are local and or brick and mortar. And if you actually did, you know, an Excel sheet or whatever it is that you want to do and said to yourself, okay, wow, I think I could spend significantly more on the local business and also the physical business, maybe once, you know, things open up a little bit more. If I can do that, then I think it would make a difference, actually. So that's what I would would recommend. I love that. That's a good that's a good homework assignment. And I'm, it makes me wish that uh, a platform like Mint or QuickBooks or you know one of these online finance things could let you like you could probably flag it in there and see it over time. But it plants a, a good question in my head. Marie, thank you so much for the time. No, thank you. Is Can I order your stuff to be shipped? Is that possible? Or is there a way to get it to California? That's not legal, okay. unfortunately. Yeah. So when I'm, when I'm able to travel back to New York, I'm coming to Bushwick okay. and I'm coming to try your products. You better. Yeah, rice whiskey in particular. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you again so much. Thank you. Thank you. Marie just gave an excellent call to action, which is to really track how much of your spending is happening in your local community and then try to increase that percentage. In that spirit, we're just going to pass the mic to Marie to shout out some of her local businesses that you should absolutely support. Brooklyn, this is for you. There's BK Johnny, means sweetheart in Pakistani. Love Nelly, also known as the Drunk Bakers, and they make the most delicious empanadas. Bolero, elevated street food Vietnamese. I mean, I could go on. <laughs> really. There's Engines for Change, and then there's Moto Veli, and then there's Motor Girl, and then there's... <laughs> I got it. Point okay. taken. Okay. It takes a village, and you're going to name is. every member of the village. I, I would, I would, I would. And my mom, I have to thank her. I wouldn't be here. Next week, we speak with Bruce Patterson, technology director of Ammon, Idaho. Don't let the small town of 17,000 fool you. They've managed to invest in a model of municipal broadband that any city would dream of. You know what time it is. Time for actions. Here to guide you through them is our producer, Allie. We want to know how you relate to local business. What locally owned businesses do you rely on? Do you know the owners? What do you most appreciate about it? What would you miss if it was gone? Try following some of your favorite local businesses on social media. Many have Instagram accounts where you can reach out directly. We often hear that it's good to support local independent businesses. But why exactly? The Institute for Local Self-Reliance actually answers that question in the article, Why Care About Independent Locally Owned Businesses. It's in the title. If you want to do a deeper dive, go to bookshop.org backslash shop backslash how to citizen to check out more titles on this topic. Lastly, we want you to shop local and we want you to buy direct. If you live in New York City, check out shopin.nyc a new online service for residents to shop from small businesses in their area, not Amazon. 
Shop in NYC has plans to expand, so keep an eye out for one near you or reach out to them if you want to start a marketplace in your region. Meanwhile, the Shop app by Shopify can help you spot local businesses selling directly online. As always, when in doubt, order directly from the business that is providing the good or service you are buying. You get the same great product and they get more of the revenue. If you take any of these actions, please brag about yourself online using the hashtag HowToCitizen. And send us general feedback or ideas for the show to comments at HowToCitizen.com. Speaking of that domain name, we have one and we're using it. Visit HowToCitizen.com to sign up for our newsletter or learn about upcoming events or even more stuff than that. And if you like the show, spread the word. Tell somebody. If you don't, definitely just keep it to yourself. Appreciate you. How to Citizen with Baratunde is a production of iHeartRadio Podcasts and Dustlight Productions. Our executive producers are me, Baratunde Thurston, Elizabeth Stewart, and Misha Yusuf. Our producers are Stephanie Cohn and Ali Kiltz. Kelly Prime is our editor. Valentino Rivera is our engineer. And Sam Paulson is our apprentice. Original music by Andrew Epen. This episode was produced and sound designed by Ali Kiltz. Special thanks to Joelle Smith from iHeartRadio. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.